Folks, welcome back to part two of my interview with Ares Meyer. I hope that you listened to part one beforehand. In part two, we dive deeper into the implications for Ares of being a quote-unquote undesirable within the Unification Church, of having the wrong supposed blood lineage for the Unification Church. We talk about him being stuck, stuck in a place where he couldn't access the marriage rights of the church, nor could he access the dating and marriage rights outside the church. We talk about what that's meant for him and his personal life. We talk further about kids being sent out in the middle of the COVID pandemic, supposedly precious kids, to sell trinkets for cash in the side of the road. Reckless endangerment, if ever I have heard of it. We talk about the plight of people who joined the Unification Church in their 20s and 30s, back in the 60s and 70s and 80s, who are now of retirement age, but have worked to the bone for this church and its spider's web of businesses, and now in their old age have nothing, no retirement, nothing, and the church does not look after them. After a lifetime of what can only be described as indentured servitude. And we talk about him being forced to hit a woman with a stick. Because if he didn't, some old man was going to hit the woman even harder than he would. God, this shit is fucking hard. I've listened to this recording probably ten times before personally recording this introduction. And I am angry. I am furious. I am fucking furious listening to this, listening to these stories. Man, fuck you, Reverend Moon. Fuck you and your whole fucking family. You can go fuck right off for everything that you did to this man, Ares Meyer, and everything that you did to his family and to my family and my friends and everyone else who got sucked into your web of lies and deceit and bullshit You can go fuck right off. To anyone who's listening, you're going to be exposed to some pretty horrendous shit in this episode. That shit is not my fault and it's not Ares' fault. It falls on the shoulders of Reverend Moon and his family and his lackeys. Hold on to your butts. Here's the rest of my interview with Ares Meyer. Actually, I just wanted to go back to, I guess I wanted to come back to a couple of things that you mentioned. So number one, you know, you talked about In the Shadow of the Moons. Sorry, I just need to clarify one thing here. In the Shadow of the Moons is a book written by Nan Suk Hong, who is the former wife of one of Reverend Moon's sons named Hyo Jin Moon, who was an infamous cokehead and wife beater, amongst other things. The reason that's relevant is In the Shadow of the Moons was the first book to reveal to the world the existence of Sam Park, who is the illegitimate son of Reverend Moon. That revelation is a very hard square to circle, given the fact that Reverend Moon's entire theology is built on the idea that your only purpose in life, if you're born into the church, is to have sex with only one person for your whole life. 
and that if you have sex with more than one person, you'll go to the worst parts of hell. Now let's drop back into the interview. And for me, that was also a similarly pivotal book. And for that, for a very similar reason, like, you know, Reverend Moon bigged himself up as like the, the be all and end all of everything. And lo and behold, he ended up having affairs and having illegitimate kids. And I was like, what the fuck? This is like this. You're the guy who supposedly upheld the standard that we're all meant to be, to be, you know, aspiring to. And you can't, and you're not upholding that standard, but, and yet you're expecting me to like, hold on, that this something doesn't add up there. So that was a real, a really pivotal moment for me. But also coincidentally, around the same time for me, when I was when I was reading that book, I also happened to I remember walking by in the library and just kind of happened to pick it up. The, the autobiography of Malcolm X. I actually I picked up that book literally like just kind of walking out the library. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. And I grabbed it. And so I, I had just read in the shadow of the moons, there was all this stuff about like, you know, Reverend Moon. And 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 I I actually I had actually asked similar to you, I had asked someone sort of a church youth leader in the in the church about the allegations about Sam Park. And this guy, this church leader was like was like, yeah, it's true that Sam Park exists, but you gotta understand why. There basically there are providential reasons why Sam Park had to be born. Um, same old bullshit. Yeah, same old bullshit, right? And in and the Bible the- God uses a prostitute, blah, blah, blah. It, yeah, it's yeah, always the that, same shit. That sort of shit, exactly. And so you'll know why it happened when you're dead. Yeah. Thanks, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was the same the same bullshit. So basically what I was told was like it was – yeah, it happened, but it was for providential reasons. And I was like, what the fuck? Are you fucking it's the kidding me? the only way me? to sell it. Yeah, exactly. And then I was reading – Almost like within the span of the same weeks, you know, this this happy, actually happened really in, in in really short succession. I was reading the autobiography of Malcolm X, and basically Malcolm X goes he goes on this journey throughout the book, and you know, is, he's basically following Elijah Muhammad. Towards the beginning of the book, he's following Elijah Muhammad and the and the, and the Nation of Islam, uh, and his whole life is built around around being this leader in that movement. And he finds out that Elijah Muhammad has had basically has illegitimate children. And his first thing, his first reaction was, this is a lie. Someone's trying to take down my leader, which is the exact same thing that I thought. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and he confronts the leader. And Elijah Muhammad's like, you're right. I have had illegitimate kids, but you have to understand why. There are, prov- there are providential reasons why I had to, I had to have these, these illegitimate kids. And I was, it was like, it was, it was honestly like a very, like, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a pretty hardcore atheist now. I, I don't believe in, in, in a lot of spiritual bullshit, but mm-hmm. the, like, there was a serious like synchronicity that happened for me to read, to, for this to be happening in one part of my life. And then to read the autobiography of someone who went through the exact same shit. And he basically, long story short, Malcolm, he, he, he hears that stuff from Elijah Muhammad and he's like, sorry, peace, I'm out. And he, and he leaves like, like he sees what's wrong with it. He calls it bullshit and he leaves and he takes his whole family out. He's, he built up his whole life around this whole thing. And in the blink of an eye, he's like, no, I'm, I'm out. This is, this is not right. And he also like arguably like becomes a better person throughout that, throughout that experience. Like his public life afterwards is, is like, I guess, I think it's just a bit more like all encompassing later, later on. He, once and, he leaves the nation, he does his Hajj, his pilgrimage. Yeah. And when yeah. he's, he's there, he meets Muslims of 
all different colors. Yeah. And he was raised to believe that the white man is the devil. Yeah. Basically, Elijah Muhammad teaches that the white people were created by an evil wizard yeah. to, to be the evil in the world. Yeah. So that's really his, his feeling about yeah. white people. Yeah. And he does his Hajj. He meets people yeah. of all different colors. And, yeah. And then he comes back to America and he basically says, you know, this is who I am now. I'm still yeah. growing. It's a process. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. he basically says, I'm not... I'm not this person anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm the next version of yeah. this person. Yeah. And it, it was really awesome to, to read that and just to hear like this guy, I think the fact that he was willing to say, look, I was wrong and, and I'm changing my life and I'm moving on. It was really awesome to just to, to read that and, and, and to hear that. And for me, that was just, that was like a super pivotal moment was reading those, those two books in conjunction in the shadow of the moons and then our body from Malcolm X. Cause like, you basically see like he goes through the same shit. He hears the same bullshit from his religious leaders. He basically, you know, tells them to fuck off and, and leaves and he becomes a better person as a, as a result. And I was like, I, I could fucking do that too, you know? And yeah, so that, I don't know. It's, it's funny that you mentioned, you mentioned that, that one book. Cause I, those, yeah. I mean, in the shadow of the moons, I think, I think a lot of us, you know, second generation have probably read that and, and may have different opinions. Yeah, autobiography from Malcolm X. Probably not many of us have have, have read because it's not directly related. But for me, it was like really powerful in this whole yeah. departure process for me. I mean, when I was a kid, I read that book, and yeah, I wasn't thinking that deeply about it. Mm. But I had this connection with anybody that was that came from a hard place mm. and that that wanted to do better for other people, wanted to love other mm. people, protect other yeah. people, stand up for other people. And to me, that was the story of Malcolm X. That was the story of Sitting Bull, who I was like a, a big fan of. Mm. And that was the story of, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. That was the story of, you know, I, I would, like I said earlier, I listened to hip hop, I listened to Tupac mm. or listened to DMX. And they had songs about, you know, fuck bitches, I'm gonna kill you, blah, blah, blah. And then they had the other side of that coin, which is Tupac, dear, dear mama, unconditional mm. love, keep mm. your head up. So it showed the entirety of a person. How mm. somebody that could come from a broken place, yeah, through all this terribleness, could could like through love, you know, it was like a journey yeah. that I wanted. It was what I yeah. wanted to emulate. So when I read Malcolm X, that was the first book where I ever read it, and I was like, this guy, this guy, is standing up for black people in America. This guy is in the face of, I mean, life threatening danger. Mm. Yeah, saying these are my people. I love them. No yeah. matter what, we're going to be free, all yeah. of us, yeah. even if it means bloodshed, even if it means war, no matter what, yeah. I'm standing up. And that's yeah. what Sitting Bull is the same. Mm. I'm standing up, you know. You guys can keep coming. You can keep making treaties. You yeah. can keep, you know, but I'm standing for my people. Mm. And I think as a person, like I said, that, that grew up like the lonely and having low self-esteem and, and not feeling, you know, I didn't want anyone to feel like I felt. So those yeah. are the people that I wanted to emulate. Those are my heroes, were, were mm. people like that. And the thing about Reverend Moon is, you know, when we talk about his illegitimate kids, especially in the last 10 years, yeah, there's been all these like really important historical figures that people have tried to take down in the same way, whether it's mm. Gandhi or, yeah. you know, Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, he had an affair, yeah. whatever it is, whoever it is. Yeah. And a lot of it is, you, you know, I can personally separate a person's act, you know, actions yes. and, and who they yeah. are. The same yeah. way that I can separate an artist's art and who they are as a person. Yeah. Because one of those things affects me and the other one doesn't. Yeah. yeah. But to me, not knowing about those Ill illegitimate children as far as Reverend Moon specifically was concerned, 
because of all the sacrifices that I made in my life yeah. to walk that path, it really cut me deep. Mm. And that's why that specific action, you know, hurt me yeah. as, as a person. Yeah. And um, what was it? Yeah. Did you like, I mean, is your dad still in the church or like, or so, did, did you, what, what was it like with your family? I mean, it sounds like your brother was kind of out, well, but like with your family, what else, what else, how, my did, dad, how did that happen? My dad got married. He got remarried to somebody in the church when okay. I was in, I think around eighth or ninth grade. She's okay. a French lady. She lived at the church center in LA. She was around his age. Okay. So the local people kind of like put them together. Yeah. So she was the person that when she moved in, she was like very strict. Like she's the reason we okay. do pledge, you know, yeah. every, at 5 a.m. Okay. every morning. We'd have yeah. to put on our full suits, take a shower. Wait, um, every, not just every Sunday, but you had to wake up every day at 5 a.m. No, no, no. Every, every Sunday. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Okay. Every Sunday. Right. But every okay. morning we would have to read yeah. from the holy books like she yeah. was the enforcer when she showed yeah. up is when we really fell in line as far as church yeah. traditions were okay. involved in okay so as far as now they're both still in the church but there's yeah there's not really a church for them to be a part of okay so hop jahan reverend moon's wife has her yeah. own church going on since yeah. he died and each of the children has their own offshoot of the yeah. church and yeah. none of them are connected they're all doing no. their own thing yeah, yeah they're all like like so, splintering further and further apart right exactly and Hak Jahan, even who's supposed to be like the original church, mm-hmm. she started like changing doctrines, yeah. making herself more important. Yeah. She's uh, building her own palace in Korea. She's got a big statue of herself. So Wait, she has, her, doing, she has her own palace. She's built her, her own. She's, she's building a palace next to the, his palace in Korea currently <sighs> and has like a statue of herself where she's like four feet taller than everyone else, like the Korean dictator. Anyway. Well, so so hold, hold on, wait. Can, can I just add? Wait, sorry, sorry, you're blowing my mind here. So, yeah, there's already palaces in Korea with like statues of Reverend Moon and Hak Jahan, his wife, mm-hmm. Reverend Doctor Hak Jahan. If you, mm-hmm. if you believe all the all the honorifics, mm-hmm. so that already exists. But now that he's passed away, she's making her own palace and her own statue where she's like yeah. bigger than everyone else. Yeah. So allegedly, I haven't been involved okay. in the church in years. Allegedly, yeah. okay. she's rewritten the doctrine to make her lineage more important than Reverend Moon's lineage. Okay. So she's kind of big up in herself as like, I'm the yeah. important person now. Okay. And then, you know, each of the kids has their own offshoot. There's the yeah. one in Pennsylvania who's all about guns yeah. and freedom and Trump. Yeah. That guy can go fuck himself. Yeah. Agreed. the other ones. Okay. So even the regular old school church members, they're having a hard time if they don't fit into any of those groups. Yeah. Even just fitting into the regular... Hak Jahan one because she's yeah. changing things too. So yeah. a large portion of them, and this is where my parents fall. Yeah. Are kind of like, we still believe how things were back when he was alive. Yeah. That's the pinnacle of like, yeah, we're still going to read the Holy books. We're still going to do the traditions. Yeah. And these people are still our friends. Okay. And, you know, I've tried to, to talk to them about it. My dad's a little bit more open. He was actually, he has, he has a very interesting life. My dad was actually in, have you ever seen wild, wild country? So he was the first church that he was in was in that one in, no, really? in India, him and all of my aunts and uncles, they all have Indian names. Whoa. They followed Osho and Pune. Okay. And then after that, he, you know, joined the Unification Church. So we, we've had long discussions where it's like, dude, these are two very different things. Yeah. How, you know, also, why did they're you raise different, me in that They're different, but they're so of, similar. Yeah. Yeah. Ray, yeah. Yeah. Raise me in the one where like there was a lot of sex as opposed yeah, to no sex. Exactly. That's the point. <laughs> and the cool outfits and whatever. Yeah. And anyway, that's a whole different podcast. My point yeah. being, oh my God. Uh, my stepmom, his wife, 
she is dyed in the wool, a Unification Church member. It'll okay. never change. Yeah. She had an insanely hard life, and she credits the church and Reverend Moon and his wife with basically saving her. Okay. So there's no amount of intellectual discourse that I can have with uh, her that's going to change her point of view. Yeah. I know and that honestly, feeling. I know that feeling. It, 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 it just is what yeah. it is, you know? And yeah. I think that, you know, a Unification Church member believes they're right, just like a yeah. Scientologist believes they're right, just like yeah. a Christian believes they're right, just like yeah. an American super patriotic American thinks they're right. It yeah. is just is what it is. Yeah. That's how people are. Yeah. And I just try to do my best to help them, you know, hey, maybe you guys don't donate money anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, I try to help them like protect themselves a little okay. bit. But at the okay. end of the day, people are who they are. And you know, there's oh. nothing you can yeah. really do about it. Yeah. But a large portion of the people I know, adults and young people, are not involved in the unification church anymore. Yeah. They they, you know, we're still we're still all connected. We know each yeah. other. We're friends with each other. And the majority of people that I hang out with now, you know, they were blessed in the church yeah. and they have kids, but they're not practicing unification. Yeah. Their kids aren't going to learn okay. any of those traditions. Okay. We all drink, you know, we all yeah. hang out. Um, so you're saying these are like, these are kids that grew up in the church and got blessed to other church church members yeah. and now they have kids. Yeah. Okay. And then there's some that, that were blessed and then broke off and yeah. now they're married to someone else and they yeah. have kids and they're in okay. this community too. Okay. So it's a mix okay. of all kinds so, of okay. Interesting. You know, Interesting. people. And that's, I think the future of the unification church is basically that, that it's just yeah. going to fracture and fracture and fracture until there's nothing. Yeah. Because the thing, that, the thing that's funny about it is, and it's happened every generation is the people ahead of you leave. So like yeah. the people that I grew up going to summer yeah. camp and they were teaching us yeah. left my generation left yeah. The generation after that left. And, you know, yeah. there's little groups of people that are still yeah. together, yeah. but tiny percentages. Yeah. I'd say of, of all the people that got blessed when I got blessed in Korea, maybe 10% are still together. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So, not- and, and like I said earlier in the podcast, the church is a one trick pony. Lineage was the only thing they had to get people to join. Yeah. So their membership is just going to keep dwindling and dwindling yeah. until, you know. It's not going to grow. There's no motivation no, for there any is human no, being to join the Unification Church. There's yeah. none. Yeah, and there's no like, there's no like forward motion in terms of in terms of gaining new membership. Nope. And it's all they do the same things, you know, over and over again. They yeah, they have pastors from other places come to like, oh, yeah. they're recognizing the church now. Yeah. Allegedly, from what I heard, those pastors are getting paid. Is that okay? Allegedly, that's what I Because I remember that was happening. I mean, you know, 20 some years ago when I was mm-hmm. like a teenager in DC, they would be like, oh, we have this guy from this church in DC who's going to come and, you know, he's, he likes us and he's going to be part of what we're doing for a while. Yeah. And then they get some other guy and like they tried to, yeah. So I always wondered about these people that were coming in. So yeah. allegedly, you're a lot saying of that them they're, are they're getting, getting paid. paid. Allegedly, okay. they're getting paid. Interesting. As you know, in the Unification Church, unless you have some hard evidence, you know, it took it took the birth certificate of Injun's baby out of wedlock to leave online for people to believe it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So even and even then people didn't believe it. Yeah. But from what I've heard from a lot of people, the church is very pay to play, whether it's inviting pastors to to events or, you know, the way that Reverend Moon met maybe like very famous people yeah yeah i mean i even remember i remember like back in the day you know they would hold these like speaking speaking events where like or like reverend moon or hachahan would like would give some speech and they would like they'd have some like really big name big name person like appearing there like the one the one that comes to mind now which is ironic considering what's happened in the the ensuing 20 years is bill cosby 
there was this there was this event in DC. This was in like the late '90s, maybe early 2000s, when Bill Cosby was still seen as like a very you know Mr. Family Man type of type of guy, and he came to to some sort of church event and gave a speech. And they wrote about it in the I think it was in the Washington Post. They wrote about it. They like asked him. They're like, "Did you know who this is affiliated with?" And he was like, "No, I did. They were just paying me, <laughs> so I just so so I went. I had no idea who was who was paying the bill, basically." And I think that was quite common. And I actually remember when my sister got married, married slash blessed at, at RFK Stadium in Washington D.C. in '97. I think it was Whitney Houston was supposed to be there singing, mm-hmm. but she canceled at the last minute. I think she, I think like literally like within the last hour or something, she like figured out what the whole thing was, and she just didn't. She just didn't show up. But yeah, I think they they they, they will throw money at people if they think just having them around will will kind of like help with PR or just like make them look better. It's weird because the church is, I mean, from the time I was young, it was a dog and pony show. Yeah. We would go to Reverend Moon's speeches, you know, at yeah. hotels when he would do like nationwide speeches. Yeah. And they would always try to get you to like bring a guest or something like yeah. that. And then we'd go to the speech and I know everyone that I go to church with. Yeah. And they're all there. And that's pretty much 98% of who's yeah. there. This is, and then they'll be like, it was a huge victory. And I'm like, yeah. yo, but it was just us. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So this is something that I was talking about with I've talked about this with some other some other guests as well is like is like, yeah, all those all those like like events like it was only members. It was maybe a couple guests and that was it. It was it was really weird. Yeah, yeah. It was a dog and pony show. We were there to like show support for him. It's just like for his ego. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because my parents would bring people and on the car rides home, you could just tell they were just like. (laughs) whatever that was okay (laughs) because the thing about reverend moon is he was not a dynamic speaker no he oh man first of all his english was not very good so it wasn't no one could really understand him yeah second of all they would just have a printed speech yeah so everyone would get a copy and and he would go up there and just read it yeah like not like excited just read it yeah and his wife does that too yeah so nobody's like fired up when they leave you know what i mean they're just like no way barely awake yeah and you know all of his speeches read like stereo instructions like they were just not inspiring yeah yeah no no they were awful they were awful they were awful what so so one question that i like there's 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 so much to talk about here but what one question that that i like asking people because well, I, I just like to see what the answers are. So, and especially you, because, because you inhabit this, you know, realm of the, of, of the Jacob child, which is different. So I'm kind of curious what you were told would happen if you fell, like, what were the scare stories that were told yeah. to you if you would have, have sex before being blessed within, within the church? Well, okay. So there's a couple levels to it for me. Okay. The, the basic yeah, it's different. is that, yeah. uh, you know, if you're a second generation, you're God's lineage, right? Yeah. So if you fell, it's literally the worst thing that you can do. Yeah. The thing that would hurt God the most. Yeah. So it's literally and, better to just kill yourself than to yeah. fall. It's, yeah. So it's just it's be- better. Better to kill yourself yeah. than to have sex with someone yes. who is not. And yeah. if you choose to have sex, yeah, your soul is basically going to be in a box lower than hell. Yeah. That's something that I remember. I don't remember who okay. said it, but I remember okay. hearing it very okay. specifically. Okay. The lowest portion of hell, lower than yeah. where the devil is. Okay. People that were given God's lineage. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. And and threw it away. Yeah. So what was 
interesting to me in retrospect was I didn't have that lineage, right? Yeah. So if I was to go out and have sex with people, yeah. it wouldn't really matter. Yeah. Logically. Yeah. You know, but I didn't because that's yeah. what we're not, you know, yeah. we're taught to give our spouse yeah. the best version of ourselves, yeah. which is pure. Yeah. But what was funny was they, you know, obviously people did have relationships. Some people yeah. had sex, whatever. Yeah. The church started having these ceremonies where yeah. they would forgive second generation yeah. that had sex yeah that they would become second generation again after yeah. the ceremony yeah which to yeah. me was so mind-boggling yeah because i never had sex and no matter yeah. what i did as pious as i was not smoking you not could drinking, never not dating i could <sighs> never ever even if they had if they went to four orgies in a row yeah that ceremony yeah, I couldn't even. If I ever dreamed about marrying one of them, I better wake up and apologize. Jesus like, Christ, man, that's so fucked up. So that was like another level fuck? of like that is crazy. Yeah, no, I. Oh my god, dude, that is psychological yeah. fuckery to and the it did highest happen. degree. There was, there was yeah. girls that I would like. They did like just go out and you know choose their own way, whatever. Yeah, and I was just like, yo, what? Like, <laughs> okay, you know, I don't know what you know what to do. Man, but, uh, Jesus, I hadn't thought about that. So it was, it was yeah, like, cause so yeah, many... that was weird. I remember there was this thing. It was kind of, I remember it was kind of happening like years ago. I, like when I was like on my way out, basically, like there were, there was this like, you know, advent of these, these like forgiveness ceremonies for like second generation that had mm-hmm. fallen. And I remember being like, the fuck, like that kind of like, like, why am I saving myself when I, when I could just, just do that? But for you, you couldn't even do that. That's just no. the fucked up thing. And they could be the most, you, you could go out and be, you know, the worst, the worst, you know, fucking sexual predator in the world. And then, yeah. and then just go back and have this forgiveness ceremony. And, yeah. and mean, meanwhile, meanwhile, you, you're sitting here, you're like a perfect angel. You yeah. had no prayer of, of, of I mean, I wasn't perfect. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I'll tell you what though. I'll tell you one, yeah. one quick story yeah. that, that, that really puts this into perspective. Yeah. So I was telling you earlier about the girl right in high school. Yeah. It was like, she liked me for me. She was super yeah. into me. I was super yeah. into her. That girl. So sometimes I think about these sacrifices that I made yeah. to stay in the church, right? Yeah. To do the right thing, to not date, yeah. to not have sex, to wait yeah. till marriage. And I think about the people that, that you know, did have sex and then they yeah. did the forgiveness ceremony yeah. or whatever, whatever. So after I was blessed, the girl in high school and it didn't work out, I thought, you know, I'm going to reach out to this girl yeah. and see, like, if she's still single, like, see yeah. what's going on. Because yeah. she's, like, the only woman in my life at that point who yeah. ever, like, you know, she loved me for me. It didn't matter yeah. about the church position. Yeah. She didn't even know about any of that stuff, yeah. who I was at all. She just liked yeah. me. So I reached back. I, you know, I went on, like, I think it was, like, MySpace at the time or something. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was, like, trying to find her or whatever. And my friend, who I grew up in the same city, sent me an article that she had fallen in love with this dude in the same city and that they had moved to texas yeah so i was like well you know you know okay yeah and in that article i found out that guy stabbed her to death holy shit and and, you know i was distraught i was like thinking thinking back on my life thinking what if i had dated this girl you know like her life could have been so different oh my god but i was on this this church path where i was just doing you know doing what I was told, doing what I thought was right. But, you know, and, you know, it's, I know it's not like a rational thing to think about. What yeah. I mean, Obviously, it's, I can't yeah. change that. Yeah. But there are so many things that happened in my life like that, that were like, if I had never been on this church path, things could have been different, you know? Yeah. 
holy shit what um, a story when Jesus i think about Christ. something like that like this girl that like i was so in love with that like yeah. to this day is like so special to me you know yeah. i still have letters that she gave me in high school that were like yeah hey man like you're worth love don't kill yeah. yourself you know like yeah. really wow really yeah. things that saved my life yeah and to think like i made the sacrifice so that other people could just have sex and be forgiven like that you know yeah like to me like that that's just like rips me apart yeah you know and like yeah. i said like Maybe if I would have dated her, it would have ended badly. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows about that? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. But it's just the thing that that hurts me about the church is, or heard it, you know, used to hurt me is that they, the double standard was so real and that they don't, they didn't think about the psychological implications of, of their teachings on people, you know? No, no. It was all about just yeah. making sure that things uh, were. And I, th- I think, I think if, if, they might have thought for a brief moment about the second generation, maybe but they definitely never thought about you in their, yeah. in their, in their, in their teachings. Never, ever once were, were you, were you a thought for them? Yeah. And there's a lot of other Jacob's children that I've met now over the yeah. years who I didn't know before. Yeah. Some of them, you know, even being like, like older than me and, and yeah. kind of around in the beginning of the second yeah. generation. And like, so there's all kinds of other stories as well that mirror mine. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. That, yeah. Other people that lived and were closer to the moon family. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually, I was just thinking about this one one thing that was, I, I actually think, I think, I, I think this story is kind of hilarious. So, so I grew up in the DC area and there was, there were very few Jacob's children, but there was one family that actually adopted two kids from Korea. Like they were just this, this church family, like couldn't have kids. They were traveling in Korea and they found this, like, I think they were a brother and sister in this orphanage in Korea. And they're like, we want to adopt these kids. Uh, mm-hmm. And they brought them back and they were still in the church and stuff, which is, I mean, good that's good surprising because uh, yeah, there like, was a time in the church when you couldn't do that you could only have church kids yeah yeah yeah. which was led to this whole advent of people being forced to give their kids to other families which is a whole yeah. other story and i want to interview some people like that at some point sure. as well um, offering children yeah offering children. children that is a fucked up story if ever there was one but i remember this so yeah there were like a couple quote-unquote jacob's children growing up in dc and i'll never forget i remember it was I need to look up the year. I think I, so Terminator 2, the film Terminator 2 came out, I think like 94, 95, something like that, maybe 96. Anyway, that, that film came out and it was like a big deal when it, when it came out. Um, As it should be. It's and, one of the best movies yeah, ever. It bro. is amazing. It is amazing. But so Eddie Furlong is the kid who played John Connor in that, in that film. And he was kind of like a teenage heartthrob in that, mm-hmm. in, like, in, the, in that era. And I remember like talking to a bunch of like church girls, like just like after, after Sunday school one day, it was like me talking to a bunch of girls and they're all second generation, except for this, this one Jacob's Jacob's child. And this girl is like, she's like, you know, what's so great. None of you could ever marry Eddie Furlong, but I could. <laughs> That's true. Facts. It's true. It's true. That's if, if you're, if you're following the rules, it's true. I mean, yeah, no doubt. I don't think, I don't think she's married to Eddie for long now, but you know, <laughs> God, God bless you for having, for, yeah. for having the wisdom to say that. The grass is always greener, bro. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe if I was born the second generation, I'd be like, well, why couldn't I, but you know, it is what it yeah. is. Yeah. But you know, that, that's like the one kind of like, like my, my one, like, like strongest memory of like, quote unquote, Jacob's children grow, growing up was that. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I could marry Eddie Furlong. But, but I honestly think that was kind of a pivotal moment for me as well. It was just like walking away from that and being like, hold on, like, it's really fucked up. Like that, like, hold on. So she can marry who she wants, but I can't because of, because of this. Yeah. Um, 
You know, it's, I think it's a weird dynamic that the church never thought about. Yeah. Because in the 60s and 70s, when they were joining, they were just like, Reverend Moon's going to pick a spouse for me. And that is yeah. what it is. Yeah, you know? exactly. There's no, I mean, I'm sure that people had crushes on other people and that, that existed. Yeah. But just across the board, it was either Reverend Moon chooses or you don't get blessed and that's it. Yeah. But then when things started getting gray when people's parents could match them and there is more, yeah. you know. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry. It kind of changed things. Sorry. I just, uh, I'm just kind of looking at some of these, some of these questions here, I guess like what, so after, after you left, like what, what do you think has been, what's been, what's been difficult? Like after, after leaving, like what's, what's life been like and, and what bits of the previous church life have caused like difficulty? I mean, I think that I've, the, the biggest thing is that I'm, you know, terrible at relationships because mm-hmm. I've never really been okay. in any. I mean, I've okay. been in some short, you know, short ones, okay. but never really like long-term okay. relationships. And I think that, you know, that's a mixture of, like I said, just my life and then other things. Yeah. But I know that the church, you know, growing up without a mom and then growing up yeah. being like an undesirable, those two fucking things didn't help. You know what I mean? Jesus Christ. By the time that I was out of the church, I think I was like, you know, 28, 29. Yeah. So. Okay. Wow. You know, right. you're, I'm already like older past the college years. Yeah. You're supposed to. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever. So I think that that, that, you know, that made life harder. Yeah. But I don't think, like I said, so many of my friends still to this day are people that were like in the church. Yeah. That are still, that are not in it anymore. Yeah. That it didn't, it wasn't like a big, like ripping, ripping my world apart. You know, it wasn't yeah. that at all. It yeah. was just, I don't go to church anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't have any relationship with like church activities, but I'm yeah. still friends with who I'm friends with, you know? Yeah. And there's still a lot of people from that old life that I see like online and, yeah. you know, I'll talk to them. A lot of them are like old Trump supporters now because when Reverend Moon died, they needed a new alpha. Yeah. Man. So yeah, exactly. A lot of them. It's really, so, it's really tragic how many yeah. of them have gone that way. So as an adult now, I feel like I can have conversations with them, and I enjoy, actually enjoy having conversations with them to, you know, be like, "Tell why do you believe this? What do you yeah. like about this guy?" You know. Yeah. Like, I I enjoy that you know relationship. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes obviously it's really nasty, but yeah, yeah. Like I said, I I don't really. It doesn't really affect me anymore. You know, okay. it's just a thing that happened. Yeah. And when you, when you talk about like, when you talk about like relationships, like what's, I'm just kind of curious, like what that, what that looks Uh, like. Like a lot of it is just low self-esteem, you know, like what, what can I bring to this? Why would somebody want me, you know, like I'll be in a relationship and then I'll like self-sabotage. Okay. And you know, like it's, it's just a feeling of like a general feeling of unworthiness a lot of the time. Yeah. Why would someone want me? Why would you want me to, you know, fuck man. it's crazy. I mean, I mean, like it's it's easy for me. Obviously, I don't know you very well, but it's easy for me to draw a straight line between that and what you told me about what you were what you were told growing up in the church. Sure. Like, like that's there's a hundred percent connection there that I that I that I can see. Yeah. And that's really fucking. That just makes me angry, man. Uh, it's to, hard because to, I'm to, a very rational that. person. Like I can yeah. I can see that, but it's still yeah. you know it still plays on loop in my head. Yeah. And I know a lot of people like are going to therapy and there's a lot of like yeah. people that are dealing with their own, their own yeah. issues. And that's something that uh, the pre pandemic I'd kind of wanted to do. And I'm probably yeah. going to do, yeah. but life also has a way of just kicking you in the ass sometimes and, and helping, you know, yeah. Uh, I've also like my whole life, I've dealt with a lot of problems by like being a chronic overeater. Like I would eat my okay. feelings and you know okay. drink a lot of like soda and stuff. Okay. And then during the pandemic, I actually was diagnosed with diabetes. 
Oh shit. So, dude. Yeah. So, you know, there's like that one philosophy of like small births and small deaths during your life yeah. and those things yeah. create either, you know, yeah. change. So, you know, when I found out I'm diabetic, I decided, you know, okay, time to stop the sugar, stop the carbs yeah. and exercise, okay. and that, you know, has okay. like helped change my life and my outlook a lot. Yeah. So I think that, you know, a lot of the church stuff is, it, you know, it's still in there, but I'm working on getting it out. Yeah. But I would be doing a disservice to people listening to this if I wasn't honest about the, the even the semi-embarrassing things that, that are still, you know, still a part of me from the church like mm. the dating and low self-esteem and, yeah you know yeah that's not saying it's something like a proud person wants to say mm. but it's the reality of the psychological damage yeah of, yeah of something like you know the church of, of yeah hope. yeah no and i mean that's honestly I, I thank you for for stating for saying that because like that's what i want to expose with this with this forum is i, I want to like all the shit's been up been swept under the rug and you mentioned it earlier like when we were growing up, the older kids left and then they were gone. And all of yeah. that intelligence and all that experience was, was just, you know, lost into the ether. But you and I and other folks can, can, can bring that intelligence back to other people through, through having this conversation and, and, and others. I, mean, I know that a lot of people who, who you might look at and feel like they have their shit together, yeah. you know, they're struggling in their own ways. There's yeah. a lot of people I know that are, they got blessed when they were young. They have families yeah. now. Yeah. But, you know, now they're in their mid late thirties and they're thinking like, well, I guess I have to do this, but do yeah. I want to be a parent? Do I want to yeah. be married? Like, yeah. you know, so I have my own, my own struggles being a single yeah. person trying to do that. Yeah. And then they have their own, you know, everyone's going through their own thing. Yeah. And we're all affected in different ways. Yeah. So I think that every, you know, if you're listening to this and you're going through it, you know, no matter what your situation is, you're not, you're not alone, you know? Yeah. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. Because we're, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways, we're all taken advantage of. Yeah, exactly. Like, like this was not our decision. This was this yeah. this was something that was thrust upon us. And actually, yeah. if I could just go back to that, like, if you were, what would you say now to yourself when you were, if if you could, if you could give your your younger self some words of advice, call it like 10, 20, maybe even more than 20 years ago, like, like, you know, when you were like, just, you know, seventh grade, getting introduced to this, like, what would you say to them? Well, what would you say to that person now, knowing what you know, now, what would you what would you say to them? It, it's hard, because I think what most people want to hear is like, don't don't join the church, right? Yeah. But <laughs> like I said, like, some of the people that I've met, I love more than anyone on this planet. I mean, they're some of my best friends, you know, some people that I've lost and some people that I, I'm still around who I would never want to trade anything for. Yeah. So I think that I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to never have joined the church because those people would have, ne you know, they wouldn't be yeah. in my life. Yeah. But I would, I would say to myself, I think like follow your heart more, you know, you're, you're worthy of, of love and uh, do, you know, do what you want to do with your life. Don't just put yourself, don't just sit on the boat and go down the river, which is what the church wants you to do, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to, to think back that way because there's no, yeah, I'm grateful for even some of the, the pain and hardness, you know? Mm. So it's hard for me to, to say what I would tell myself. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, all right, that's fair. 
can I ask, I want to go back, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned this, you mentioned this, this girl who was killed on, on, on STF. I feel like uh, for me, that's something I remember hearing about that when it, when it happened, but I, so I was in university at the time and I kind of heard about it, but I just want to, you, you were much closer to the situation. So I want to, I want to understand a bit more of what happened. So like how, I guess, like how well did, did you know, did you know this girl? I went to summer camps with her for quite okay. a few, quite a few years. Okay. Yeah. We okay. didn't live in the same state, but when we okay. had summer camp, like the whole West coast of the country would go to like one summer camp. Okay. So I knew her through those summer camps. Okay. And when you were on, when you were on STF, did you ever like share a van or like, were you ever on like same teams or was she always different teams? No, no, no. Like... I was never, I was never on a team with her. Okay. 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 Yeah. But, but she's that... just somebody that I knew. Yeah, so you knew her like over the course of multiple years. Yeah, I knew her from interactions at summer camps. Yeah, okay. Going in, going into this, okay. Yeah, because I I don't that that's I don't know. It's just such a heartbreaking story, and yeah, I don't know. Like, can can you give any more? Like, she, as far as I remember, like, yeah, she was just like, well, yeah, they they dropped her off like alone in a bad neighborhood, very bad neighborhood, and just ask her to go sell probably wind chimes or something like that. I and, don't know what she was selling, but I think wind yeah. chimes. Yeah. She was basically, as, as, as I recall, I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah. She was basically pill, pulled into a building by a dude and was like killed, robbed and or raped. And I don't know, you know, what order. And then, yeah, then, you know, the church kind of told everyone that she was, that she was murdered. And then we did the funeral which is yeah. the Sangwa in Unification yeah. Church tradition. Everyone yeah. wears white and it's an ascension. Yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's kind of, it's different than, you know, it's its own yeah. tradition. Yeah. And then being there, you know, just hearing a lot of the church leaders basically being like, she's an angel now. It was a sacrifice. You know, we need to push forward for her sake. Yeah. You know, basically towing the corporate line pretty much. Yeah. And for me, like I said, like I'm a, I'm a very soft person when it comes to, relationships because you know like i keep saying in this interview like i didn't get a lot of love growing up Mm. so whenever someone gave me love yeah to me that was like it was the most precious thing you know yeah so to lose somebody to me was enough to wash my hands and say game over Mm. we should never do this again one 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 life is too many lives yeah and especially if your whole thing is the the blood lineage of these people is god's lineage on earth you know what i mean and it's more important than anything. You should kill yourself rather than lose it. Yeah. To know that that you put this girl in this place and this happened. Yeah. To me, that was that was. Yeah. You know, it should have been the end of it. And yeah, the fact you're right. That it wasn't the end of it. Was oh, that's crazy. Uh, like I have, to, I've never actually really thought about how contradictory those the, those two views are. Of like, mm-hmm. this blood lineage is the most important thing on earth, mm-hmm. uh, and yet we're gonna send send these kids out. It you know in dangerous situations where they could get killed for no reason effectively that those are those are two very opposing views i mean it was it's it just doesn't the whole thing doesn't make sense because you do your first year fundraising and that you're just pretty much just suffering making money yeah and you know that's where a lot of like the sleep deprivation and food deprivation and a lot of that stuff happens yeah and the second year of stf you spend in a church center basically inviting people to come to the church center so that you can teach them about the church to try yeah. to convert them. Yeah. But there's no, there's nothing to convert them to, mm. you know, 
like the people that I know, I know maybe three people in my lifetime that joined the church that way. Yeah. And they're friends of people in the church still, but none of them like, you know, maybe, maybe I've, I've heard of maybe one or two that I don't know that joined and like, but it's not, it's not something that people can just join. It's, it's, it's a club. You know what I mean? And like I said, it's a caste system. And if you're joining it, you're, you're just a, you're just, you know, a victory for them. You're like, Oh, we we got this, this guy to join. Yeah. We converted their life is going to be hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's maybe that's just, I've been out of it for so long. I don't see it like a church person does anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, of course they see it differently. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, man. But anyway, I heard that it's a tragedy. It was a tragedy and it should have been the end of that entire. Yeah. There's no reason to do this fundraising outside of money. Yeah, I mean, they say exactly. that that's the, the only reason right? brings you closer yeah. to God, but it's nonsense. Yeah. Complete nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The, like I said earlier, the fact that people are still doing it during COVID is, I mean, it breaks my heart. That's crazy. Okay. Do you have a sense of like, like what the scale is there? Like how, how many people are doing it or. I know that a program called GPA, which okay. is like an, a, a different version of STF. Okay. But it's kind of the same thing. Okay. I know personally someone sent me a video of them being fundraised to by two girls who okay. were not wearing masks and were like had product in their hand and were okay. like selling it to them. Yeah. So I know that okay. it's happening. Okay. And by the way, for the record, this is a 20th of December, 2020 when yeah. like 3000 people a day are dying in the U S yeah. from, yeah. from COVID. Their strategy apparently was let's, let's go to places where there's not a high COVID rate. Let's send them there. Oof. But it's okay. completely unnecessary. You're putting yeah. people's lives at risk. Yeah, completely. For, for yeah. just vanity. For yeah. just, yeah. you know. For dollars. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter what kind of experience these people are going to have yeah. in your mind. It's completely the, uh, the antithesis of, of love, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and, they're, um, and they're, they're placing zero value on those lives yeah. or the lives of other people around them that, that, yeah. that they could act as vectors of transmission towards. Exactly. Um, say, say that one person gets cash handed to them. Yeah. And then the rest of the day, they're selling to other people, Yeah, you know, yeah. how many people, you know, so to me, it's just, yeah. it's just selfishness masked in, in compassion. It's yeah. selfishness masked in love. Yeah. And the yeah. church does and, a lot of that. Yeah. And if, you know, if, if, if one of those kids dies from, from COVID, they're going to say it's a, it's a sacrifice and it's like, sure. you know, they're ascended for the name of God or some bullshit like that. I mean, how fucking, sure. how fucking awful can you get? But you know, that's exactly what they would say if mm-hmm. that, if that happened. I mean, the, um, the fact that, like my pinnacle of involvement in the Unification Church, I did this kind of speaking tour yeah. where they were kind of trying to like revitalize the church Yeah. in the mid-2000s. Yeah. I got to know like a lot of the church leadership like pretty well. Mm-hmm. Not the Korean church leadership, but the American okay. church leadership. Okay. And by the way, and, for those that don't know, there is a distinction. Koreans are yeah, above, above the others, effectively. Yeah. yeah. Koreans are the highest. Yeah. But getting to know them, I mean, there was even little things that like, that they would tell me, like, we really got to sell this. We really got to, you know, kind of like skeevy okay. car salesman, like yeah. make sure that everyone's having a good time and that they're really on board and like yeah, okay. uh, that kind of stuff. But the fact that when I would try to talk to them about things like this, like STF and you know, yeah. putting people in, like they would, they just didn't want to hear it because basically they don't want to tell a moon no. They yeah. don't want to tell Hawk yeah. Jahan, we shouldn't do this anymore. Yeah. They don't want to tell, you know, they don't want to rock their yeah. boat. Yeah. They believe in absolute obedience. Yep. Whatever yeah. she says, that's what we do. Yeah. And to me, it's sad. Yeah. 
not only are so many of those leaders kids not talking to them anymore as it is yeah but you're willing to sacrifice other people's kids for the sake of this religion you know yeah yeah um, and i'm just i'm just not down with that on any level yeah i just wait so, so you're, you're saying these the, these church leaders the kids of these church leaders are just not talking to their parents well think about in general how many kids in and a lot of it has to do with trump i think yeah but there's so many church kids that don't have relationships with their parents yeah. because their parents put the church over them yeah whether yeah. it's politics whether it's sexual orientation yeah whether it's religion whatever yeah. Yeah. i know so many people who just don't have yeah. relationships with their parents because yeah. their parents are so deeply indoctrinated that they yeah. they choose their religion over their own kids you yeah. know whether their kid yep. is gay or a liberal or whatever yeah i know i know how that goes um, and that's yeah. that's heartbreaking man like yeah if if all of this stuff is real if this is authentic you would choose your children over anything right because that's yeah. what god wanted to do he created yeah. these adam and eve he should have you know held yeah. them in his arms and said no matter what you're my kids yeah you know so i don't know yeah. i mean i'm not a parent i can't speak to that all yeah. i know is there's not one of my friends that has a kid that i would ever want to put in harm's way for anything yeah you know what i mean like yeah i just can't imagine it yeah and yeah I've, exactly i very firmly told you know everyone that knows me if they ask me if they should go to stf no yeah every single one of them yeah you know because it's not worth it yeah you know and i wish that i wish that somebody would have told me to go to college instead yeah but nobody told me to go to college they yeah. just go to stf and that's yeah. what it is yeah that's crazy right there is no you know it's weird it's like there's there is this there are these two threads of of the church where where they're like part of them is they're like you don't need college whatever blah 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 blah, blah. you know just do stf but if you go to college and you, you know, let's say you go to Harvard or something like, or something like that. And you're, you know, you do, you do really well. We're going to claim that they did so well because they were like blessed children and, <laughs> and had this, and had this great, this great blood lineage and, and all totally. the rest. Right. Like, yeah. like, even though we never really encouraged them to do it, but if, if, you know, if, you know, by sheer grit and determination and a bit of luck, you get there, they're still going to claim that victory back for them. Right. Yeah. And, Let me tell you, what the, the most disheartening thing about that situation is. Yeah. So many first generation that joined the church, they served the church their entire life. A lot yeah. of them didn't go to college. I mean, yeah. some did and lived pretty good. Yeah. But the vast majority of them didn't. Most of them didn't. And now yeah. they're in their 70s, their yeah. 80s. They're destitute. They have yeah. nothing, no yeah. nest egg, anything. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times I personally have donated to GoFundMes for church members because yeah. they don't have health insurance. Yeah. They don't have a yeah. retirement plan. Yeah. And I think about the properties that the church owns. Like, yeah. you know, there's the property in Connecticut, the, or I think it's Connecticut, the school, UTS. Oh, uh, it's in, in upstate New York. Upstate, upstate, upstate New York. New York. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. What's stopping them from converting that to a retirement home to take care of these yeah, people? Exactly. What's yeah. stopping them from investing in, in these yeah. older people that gave yeah. their whole lives to the church? Yeah. I'll tell you what's fucked up about it. They are so. The people, the first generation people that are suffering, that they're creating these GoFundMe's, yeah. they won't even let the church entertain those ideas because mm -hmm. they think I, I'm sacrificing everything even still. Yeah. I don't want any yeah. help from the church. Yeah. I want it all to go that's to how, Providence. That's how deep their indoctrination is. Yeah. Is, and they're built, they're literally, the moons are yeah. building palaces. Yeah. Palaces. Yeah. So these people will, you know, have no, have no, nothing, nowhere yeah. to go, nowhere to live. Yeah. To, so to yeah. me, that breaks my heart too. Yeah. You know, there's things that the church could do 
in my personal opinion, yeah, that would that would bring me around to say, you know what, it's not the best church. But yeah, if people are in it, I'm not, you know, yeah, I'm not upset. Yeah, and that that makes me so upset because I'm, you know, I'm I don't make a lot of money. I'm like everybody else. I'm out here struggling. You know, it's it's the pandemic. I I don't even have a job right now. Yeah, man, and I'm still, sorry to hear that. when my friend's mom gets cancer and yeah. makes a GoFundMe. I'm a fucking give, you know? Yeah. Because that's the kind of person I was raised to be. Yeah. But the church itself is supposed to be the standard of the things I was raised to believe. Yeah. Won't even take care of those people. No, of course not. That's cold, yeah. bro. Yeah. That's so cold. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. And it's kind of, I, you know, it's interesting. I, I guess one thing that I'm learning doing these interviews is I, I feel like personally, like we've talked about all, all the, the caste system mm-hmm. that exists across multiple dimensions within the church. But there's a, there's another, there's another dimension as well, which is sort of seniority within the church. And like, so for instance, like my parents were 1800 couples, but they, like, which meant, which meant that they were matched and blessed by Reverend Moon in 1975. That gave them a certain amount of like cachet and like, and, and like clout within the, within the church, which was lower than, than the ones above them, but higher than the ones that, that, that came later. And like what I, this is only, this is something that, that I'm learning now They like also my, my parents had both were both college educated, which meant that when they joined the church, basically they kind of like they had some skills that they could like they could negotiate a little bit with the church, basically, even though they ended up working for the church, they ended up doing white collar work for the church and they ended up having a bit of they just had a bit more clout than some of the other than some of the other families that I that I, that I that I saw. Part of it was due to the seniority. Part of it, part of it was also just due to like socioeconomic, like the fact that they had both gone to gone to gone to university. It gave them a bit more, just a bit more wiggle room, a bit more negotiating room within within the church, so yeah. that he get better jobs. And I, I'm I'm on the, the the fortunate end of that, effectively. But what I'm what I'm learning the more of these interviews I do is that there's a huge dichotomy of experience, of you know, a, almost like like another classist class system of like socioeconomic and and like and the. the within within the church and these and these layers of seniority that also have impact upon that that socioeconomic status as well so it's, it's like this it's like a four-dimensional matrix that where everything interacts with each other yeah but even from what i understand about a lot of those businesses that were white collar whether yeah. it was the washington times or true yeah. world foods or yeah you know whatever it is yeah they took the college etiquette educated intelligent people and they put yeah. them in charge of these things yeah but even then there was always koreans over them yes I mean, who, yeah, who were telling them yeah. what to do and kind of uh, almost damaging all the work that they would do yeah yeah because yeah. they wanted to look like they were doing good things yeah. instead of the people that were and they're yeah. also paying them peanuts yeah yeah my my parents my parents worked for the washington times for most of their careers yeah. for peanuts and always, always, eventually reported up into some Korean guy, who reported up into into Reven Moon. And fuck the Washington Times, bro. Oh, fuck dude. The Washington oh Times. man, I haven't kept up with them, but yeah. But I mean, I've actually thought about this. Like my, so you know, my my, I grew up in in New York City. I was born I was born in New York City. I lived in in the in the New Yorker Hotel. I moved to I moved to DC when I was maybe like four or five in I think eighty six, which is right when they were starting the Washington Times. For those that don't know, the Unification Church started the Washington Times, which is a very right wing newspaper. So my dad went to work for the Washington Times for like he basically moved to DC to work for the Washington Times, and he ended up working for another like subdivision of theirs, but for like most of his career. 
but basically, like I look at what the Washington Times has become now, and I look I look at the state of public discourse now in the U.S. and this this you know you know shift towards the right, which was basically in in ways engineered by Reverend Moon via the Washington Times. And I think about my childhood, and I'm like, hold up, I was like I was like a fucking martyr for that shit basically mm-hmm. like 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 my my childhood was sacrificed so that my parents could work their asses off for that newspaper and this is the result the america that we have now it's that's it's, the, that's what the result they wanted yeah I mean, that, yeah everyone that's the, yeah every, every all of our parents were primed for a person like trump for yeah. a messianic figure for a for an alpha male yeah um yeah and, you know the church was like a big champion of tradi- like the the new kind of conservative values yeah of like you know, the, the far right, super religious. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what the church wanted. That's what yeah. Washington Times was about, was establishing yeah. that kind of conservative, you know, America. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I just, yeah, it's, it's hard for me. Like, I'll, I mean, obviously I'm deeply saddened by, by what's happened in America on its own right, but also just to think that like. Oh, you guys got Boris Johnson. That, I'm, yeah, sad, I'm I mean, sad for you too, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just, it's hard for me. Like, I look and I'm like, damn, like, and like, you know, my childhood was sacrificed, like on the altar of that, basically. Yeah. Like, the fuck, it's, man? It's interesting to me, politics in the church. So, you know, when you're a kid, you always kind of vote for who your parents vote for, right? Yeah, so my yeah, dad yeah. was a Republican, so I voted yeah. for Bush twice. Yeah. And then as I got older, Common is one of my favorite rappers. Yeah. And, uh, Common started talking That's about great. this guy, Barack yeah. Obama, right? Yeah. So I read his book, Dreams of My Father. Yeah, and I was like, "Yo, I really like this guy." Yeah, and consequently, he had done a church engagement in Chicago on the South Side, so people in the church were like, "Hey, wait, this Obama Barack guy's Obama, all right. yeah, did a, did an engagement with the Unification Church in yes, Chicago in the, in the South Side of Chicago back when he was a community organizer. He wasn't the Obama that people know. He was a, just a community organizer. No way. So, so it's all in the ethos, right? I'm I'm, I'm reading Whoa. about him. I like him. Okay, he decides he's running for for president. I'm on board. Yeah. I love I love this guy. Obama yeah. wait. Yeah. So I got you know those like yard placards that people yeah. put in their yard. Yeah. I got one of those, cut it up, put it in the back yeah. of my truck window. Yeah. I mean, I was I was on board. Obama yeah. wait. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I would come to like church events. <laughs> right. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking the church is down. Like they're gonna like this yeah, guy. Yeah, oh, they know, must he, love him, right? He, yeah. He came to a church event. He's I yeah. mean, he's all about family, he's all yeah. about Christian values. Yeah. No, yeah. hell no. Yeah. They were booing me. They were like, I'm not going to let you teach my kids anymore. I don't want my oh, kids to like, ride in your truck. Like, you got to take that out. It was crazy. I couldn't, I couldn't even believe it. I was wow. just like, okay. I was like, he's such a good person. Yeah. Like, have you read his books? Have you listened yeah. to him talk? Yeah. But it was just, yeah, they're just so right wing, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's a, a small fraction that's left, that's that's liberal, not yeah. leftist, but liberal yeah. in the Unification Church. Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense to be far right and then. Forgive, love, unite, one family. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's the thing. Those two things don't equate it's this, at all. It's this weird, like you know, like like hippie, hippie peace and love combined with like with like super far right authoritarianism. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. make sense, honestly. Yeah. Like when you break it all down, it doesn't. It's not. Yeah. You know, there's there's things that the church teaches that to me just never, like they were just so contradictory, and those were little seeds that were planted in me yeah. over time. Yeah. Like I remember, do you remember learning the parallels of history? Yeah. So that's that's this part in in the divine principle. There's yeah. like a bunch of different parts. Yeah. And one of them is about basically how God was working throughout all of history mm. to like accomplish his goals. Mm-hmm. And there's one part, and I don't exactly remember it, it's been so long, where basically they were saying, since the Jews killed Jesus, 
the Holocaust happened. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. That? I didn't remember the chapter name, but I remember that concept. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember sitting there in summer camp, being like, yeah. six million people died. <laughs> like, just break this. We're all yeah. children of God. Yeah. And God kills yeah. six million of His own kids. Yeah. To teach us a lesson, like, yeah. it just, it just blew. It didn't make any sense at all. Mm. Just completely. It's also yeah. contradictory. Yeah. But what's funny is I would get called an idealist by so many church adults because mm. they had this pseudo intellectual way about them yeah you just don't understand yeah you just have to keep reading the book yeah you know? even when i left the church and i was having conversations with church adults they were like you just really don't understand the principle yeah i was like i taught the fucking thing for 10 years yeah you know what i mean like i, I get the basic <laughs> concepts i'm not an idiot yeah but it's just this like pseudo intellectual we know you don't know you don't understand yeah you gotta, i remember you really read the book you know yeah, I remember being like accused of being too humanist. Yeah, you're, you're oh, looking at this word. from 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 too so you're, you're you're too humanist. You're looking at this from too humanist of an angle. Like, yeah. you don't have the right spiritual perspective. Yeah, on you that. can't it's, love and be compassionate unless God's involved. You yeah, just can't. exactly. Yeah, why I mean, don't you on. just go out and kill and murder people and rape yeah, people? Exactly. There's, exactly. Like, that's that's that, yeah. that, that that's the, that's the that's the that's the great you know fucked uptitude of the church is is that this idea that you can't just be a decent person yeah. without any of this in any of this you know stupid church structure around you. You have to have a moral authority. Yeah. Or else you're just a dumb lemming. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly. Gonna, and you're, yeah, and you're, yeah. You're gonna go. You know, rape and murder people if you yeah. don't like. If but you, don't you know when. This, yeah. When the founder does it, it's not a big deal, you know. Yeah, it's just, exactly. <laughs> it's only exactly. When we do it, you exactly. Know exactly. Yeah. It's bananas, exactly. Bro. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's Jesus Christ. Fuck, man. Yeah. God, I like. I need to. I need to start wrapping up over here, but I, like, I feel like we could. We could keep going forever. I'm trying to think. Like, so wh- I mean, where if you want? You can ask yeah. me any questions and then just edit them edit them in later. Yeah. If you want to ask me anything. Yeah. I'm sure a bunch of that you can cut out anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, things things ended up getting chopped and changed. Um Yeah, my bad. No, 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 no. That's all right. I mean, honestly, like 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 the most fun with these things is just seeing all the other things that come out. Like the questions are just sort of a framework and then it's all about the other stuff that happens. So Okay, we covered that. We covered that. I guess like I'm just I'm just kind of curious, like going back to this, like 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 relationships, like what do you so I've gone through this process of like I was I was matched and married and blessed someone in the church for you know 13 years and that ended a few years ago. And now I'm trying to like redefine success in terms of relationships for, for me. And I'm just wondering like if you have any thoughts on that or what like what what you view success as in in relationships now given that like so for me this whole this idea of like you know like i don't even know if i'm ever going to get married again in my life Mm -hmm. i don't i don't even know like what the value of that is i need to start from scratch because i was indoctrinated from birth with like your job is to get married so i'm not saying i never will but it needs to be for good reason and i'm I'm rebuilding you know my own reasoning basically so i'm just kind of wondering like what you think success looks like in in relationships and just like in life in general i don't know i don't <laughs> know that's bro. fair that's fair honestly like <laughs> you know I, I i you know i still want to be married and have kids okay but i don't know if that's going to change anything or make anything yeah. better or worse you know yeah you know after after i had my first you know relationship with a with a, a woman like physical relationship after mm-hmm. that i was just like i just want to do this a lot 
Like, yeah. Honestly, after a life of being like yeah. puritanical and yeah, you know, I was just like, I like this. Yeah. So I, yeah. I did that a lot, Fair. and I yeah. didn't. I wasn't looking for relationships. You know. What yeah. I, mean? I was just looking yeah. for like experiences of like. Yeah. You know, almost out of resentment, like the things that I missed. Yeah. But of course, I think any person knows that's a dead end. You know. Yeah. It's, it's very enjoyable. You know, it's great, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But you're not you're you're not going anywhere with it. Yeah. You know, I, I worked out some issues that I have from the church. Definitely, I worked yeah. out like, you know some some like ways that i viewed women or whatever that were like yeah. you know unrealistic okay you know like the church should teach you like women are human beings they're yeah. not like an object yeah you know, that, yeah they're, that would be that's a, a good start you know yeah. yeah it'd be nice if they started it'd with be that. nice if they yeah. didn't just yeah yeah so there was like a lot yeah. of that but it's it's just you know i don't really know honestly okay. there's things okay. that i want but i don't know if i want them because i was told that to want them or because i want yeah them. yeah you know what i mean Mm-hmm. so i that's i don't i don't have a good answer for that well, that's fine that's fine and i mean honestly i think that's for, for me i feel the same way like like anything that i think i want i'm like hold on do i really want that or is that just because i was told that that's what i want yeah. and I, i'm trying to like ask myself that question you know pretty much every day effectively yeah. i mean there's also like things that the church is like you know people pleasing you know yeah they've instilled that deep in there you know not rocking the boat making sure checking yeah. on everyone before yourself so mm. i still do yeah. that sometimes two words yeah like, big time do i feel guilty because you know my dad doesn't have a grandchild mm. part of it part of it maybe is that but i don't even know if that's a healthy feeling you know yeah that that's not about me at all that's just about wanting to make someone else happy yeah and that's a terrible reason to have a child yeah. you know what yeah, I mean? yeah yeah don't do that's it for a, that reason that's the worst don't, yeah, so, yeah yeah so, don't do it for that reason yeah no, that's yeah. That that makes that makes sense. And honestly, I feel like there's a there's a lot, a lot in there. What are the so? One question. This is this is pretty open ended, but I know I know we've talked talked a lot about some of this, but this is something that, that someone asked me recently about my whole experience, and and I'm I'm curious to hear what your answer would be. So, what do you think? What do you think is sort of the the worst or what's kind of the worst thing that you saw in your in your experience in the church? The worst thing that I saw, there's a couple of things that, that I okay. would say are the worst things that I saw, okay. but they all kind of, they're all, the underlie with all of them is the emotional abuse of people. Okay. Whether it was parents kind of disowning their kids for having yeah. their own thoughts and feelings. Yeah. Whether it was church leadership kind of beating the individuality out of people. Yeah. One personal experience I had yeah. was being in, so... The way that the church works is if you're first generation, if you have Satan's blood lineage, there's a series of things you have to do so that when you have a child with your partner, that baby yeah. is a second generation. Yeah. They're, they're called ceremonies. So there's yeah. a couple different ones. Yeah. One of them is called the like holy stick or something like that. Yeah. Basically what it is, is you have like a, almost like a plank, like a baseball bat. Yeah. You have to hit your spouse on the butt yeah. three times. Yeah. But you don't just hit them you hit them as hard as you can yeah like like yeah. you're swinging for the fences in a baseball yeah. game yeah and like i said earlier i grew up you know i have memories of my mom getting beat up by her boyfriends i mean bloody oh, laying geez. over a bathtub oh, blood pouring off her face i mean violent shit wow um and the fact that the church oh. made me hit a woman Jesus was so Christ. triggering for me yeah we're standing in you know there's two other couples that were like yeah. first generation or Jacob's child. Yeah. Everyone else in our hotel was yeah. second generation. So they didn't have to do this. The Korean oh, uh, leader brings us Jesus into this room oh. and is like, you know, all right, we're doing this thing. This is what you have to do. Right. Yeah. So the girls go first. She hits me three times. Yeah. She's, you know, 
she's she's all right she's strong but it's uh, i don't care I'll, you know i'll uh, take it yeah but when the when the roles are reversed you know i hit her i hit her once and i didn't hit her hard i can't yeah. yeah and the korean dude says to me if you don't hit her hard i'm gonna hit her so hard she's gonna cry and it took everything in me not to beat the fuck out of that dude yeah but it was just like I, I didn't want to let people down that i loved that invested yeah. in me I didn't, you know, like all of the, the uh, church shit Jesus had just Christ. like, yeah. it was just like over me. Yeah. So I remember I, I didn't, I, I didn't really give her a hard hit on the second yeah. one, but on the third one, he was looking straight at me. Yeah. I, I gave her a pretty good one. Yeah. And immediately I dropped it and I was just like bawling. Fuck, like, man. I just, it was like, they're very, you know, I'm not, I'm not a great person. I'm not a perfect person. I've done a lot of terrible shit in my life, but I would never hit a woman. I mean, ever. And I know that it's like a, a piece of wood to the butt. It's not like a, I didn't punch her or nothing. Yeah. But just to make me do that. Yeah. Oh, that's how it felt like. Yeah. It was just the, the worst feeling, like immediate oh, guilt and regret. And, you yeah. know, I mean, that's how fucked up this whole this whole thing is, is, is it forces you to do shit like that. It forces everyone. I mean, if I, I also like, hated yeah. I hated fundraising. I hated being dishonest yeah. with people. Yeah. I hate it. It's not the per I, I'm a straight shooter. Yeah. Like me or don't. I'm gonna tell you what I think. Yeah. And I don't like I don't like lying, you know? Yeah. I don't like deception. I don't like pretending. Yeah. If you know, so any anything like that, like you know, it it really hurt me. And I know that the church did a lot of bad things to a lot of bad people. Yeah. Especially, you know, families. Yeah. But all of it was really, I think, emotional. You know, yeah. there's a few occasions like I've seen. There's like a video of one of Reverend Moon's sons kicking some guy in the face. Yeah, there's a lot I've of stories that. of the older yeah. church kids getting like physically abused by the Moon yeah. kids, who are yeah. just by all accounts spoiled brats, spoiled yeah. rich brats. Yeah, that never happened to me, but yeah, uh, yeah, there. You know, it's just stuff like that, and then it was also just emotional stuff. Just being, yeah. like I said, just being reminded, hey man, you ain't shit. You know, yeah that's honestly. yeah yeah just happening for over and over for yeah. you know years and decades like yeah. that's get up get up on stage up. sing dance but just remember yeah. you'll never you'll never be what they are yeah that's fucked up man um, that's, fu that's fucked up so i mean that's just just one example you know i don't i don't ha i don't have a lot off the top of my head um, no but but like even I said, that like i'm far from a perfect person you know like i've, I've yeah. you know i've i've done a lot of shit that i regret but forcing someone to do something like that is yeah. to me is disgusting yeah and i mean at the end of the day like if you've done stuff that that you regret you can kind of own own it in a way but if someone forces you to do it it's 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 worse in a way it's you know it's it's like you you were you were forced into something like I don't know. It's it's easier to take ownership of something that was your own choice, but if something if, if if someone forces you to do something like that, it's pretty fucking horrific. And that's that's like I think it just points to like like and this is kind of like like honestly like like the portrait that I want that I want to paint here by having these conversations is like this is an institution that is abusive by nature from the from the top to the bottom and yeah, it abuses everyone that, that 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 comes in contact with it. This is why I want to have these conversations so that you know people can can hear what this forces people to do. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. You shouldn't have had to do that. That's, that's bullshit. And I'm just I'm just thinking about this. Like, yeah, I'm looking at you. Like, you're you're a big guy. I'm sure this I'm sure this girl, like, was 
you know, probably like a lot smaller than, than she was, you. She was definitely a lot smaller <laughs> like, than you. Like, and to, to think of like, of like, you, you know, you being encouraged to like hit this woman with a, you know, with a bat. Like, what yeah. the I mean, because in their man? mind, I forget exactly what you're hitting all the evil out of them or their yeah. ancestors. I mean, in yeah. their mind, it's like you're doing the right thing for them. Yeah. But it's just not, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know? And they're meant, they're meant to be like grateful for you, like yeah. beating them basically. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus Christ, so man. It was just there's just all kinds of just weird shit like that, you know. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot of different stories of yeah of those kind of things. Yeah, but yeah, just, just shaming people into doing things they're uncomfortable with. Yeah, that's that's what the church yeah. does, man. Yeah, and they don't even they 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 instill it so deeply inside of yourself that at a certain point they don't even have to shame you because you shame yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's that's what the church is really good at. It's planting that seed in you when you're young and just watching it grow. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I know how that feels. Jesus. Jesus, man. Fuck. Man. All right. I think we should start wrapping up here. I'm trying to think, like, do you have, I don't know, are there, do you have any, any, like, sort of points that you want to address? Like, if I sort of pass the pass the floor over to you like what what would you want to say to you know to, to other people that might be listening either kids like us that grew up in this or maybe kids from other cults or anyone else who has an interest in in these issues like what what would what would you like to say i think the thing that i want to say the most is you're worthy of love when you make decisions remember that you know you're the person that has to live with those decisions so whether it's religion, whether it's culture, whether it's nationality, to me, I'm, I'm all about living with, you know, love, compassion, and empathy. And that starts with you and then extends to other people. So I know that maybe if you're in a cult, if you're in a religion, if you're in whatever, you're doing things to make your parents happy, to make your family happy. And I know it's hard to like step away, especially if you're in a group, because you don't want to hurt other people. But I think that the best thing that you can do for yourself is really examine how does this thing make me feel? Do I resonate with this thing? And to live your life in that way. And also just know that no matter where you are, or what you're going through, there's people out there that you can reach out to, whether you know them or not, you know, whether you're depressed or suicidal or you're hiding who you are, or you're, you know, you feel like you're being forced to do something, you're not, you're not alone, you know? Mm. And the reason that, you know, we're doing this podcast and that I'm, I'm even here sharing these experiences, I hope that you, you know that you have someone you could talk to at the end of the day, mm. that you're, you know, that we're out there, people that have been through something similar or, you know, yeah, you're just, you're just not alone. You know, life is more than what other people want you to do. Mm. That's really awesome. Yeah. And I, I echo every, everything that you said and yeah, I think that's that's you know one of the big reasons why I'm doing this is I want other people who've been who are going through this to know that they're not alone. And I'll certainly when this gets gets published, you know, my contact details will be made public, so people will be able to contact me. If you'd like to share your your contact details, we can add them, add them, or you know, you, you can choose effectively. But that's another possibility as well. If people want to reach out, reach out to me or you or any of my other guests, like directly, like that's also a possibility. But I think, yeah, I think that's a really good parting, you know, parting, parting words is basically, it's basically that message that like you, you are not alone. Like if you just think about us, like there are, you as a quote unquote Jacob's child is, is our, our smaller subset, smaller subset. But if you just think of, of like the, like second generation, like me, like 
there are like thousands of us out there and there's, and you know, there's, there's less, there's less of you, you know, quote unquote Jacob's children. I fucking hate that name. Like, honestly, fuck, fuck you. <laughs> well, whoever came I'm up not with one that anymore. Name. So you ain't yeah, got to say that shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But like, you know, there's, there's many of you out there as well. And there are going to be people from other denominations and, uh, you know, other spaces that are going through the same shit. But what they don't know is that there are other people who've been through it before. And I just, and I just want, yeah, they just, just want people to know that, that, yeah, like you said, like, you're not alone. You are worthy of love. You're worthy of love for being who you are, regardless of what your organization says about you. And if you need help and resources, you can find them either through this form or in other places. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I hope that I can be some sort of, I'm hoping that, that this form can act as some sort of, you know, gateway to those resources for for people yeah uh, absolutely cool all right well Ares, thank you so much for your time this has been awesome and uh, yeah i just want to say thank you so much yeah you're welcome man thanks for having me on and, and let me chop it up yeah no worries no worries all right take care man see you later all right cheers They don't have to shame you because you shame yourself. That's what this organization does to people. And if you're part of that organization now, I want you to hear what Eris just said. You are worthy of love because you're a human being. Not because you were born into the cult or because you have some made-up blood lineage or some made-up distinction of being this faith or that being this person or not this other type of person, you are valuable for the sole reason of being you and for being yourself. You're not valuable because of the joy that you can bring to your parents and the pride that they may have in you for something you may or may not do in your life. You're worth more than that. You're worth it on your own. I want to thank Erez Meyer again for his contribution. And I need to add one update to this story. As of early January, as a result of Ares agitating with some of his contacts that are still in the Unification Church, they have stopped sending kids out to go COVID fundraising. Thank you, Ares, for getting involved in making that happen. Please stick around for more episodes of Falling Out. And as always, if you have any feedback positive or negative hit me up on twitter at falling out pod or on the web at fallingoutpod.com and if you'd like to contribute to the conversation if you have relevant stories then please get in contact i'd love to hear from you and as Ares has proved you can change things by speaking out and telling your story